I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives, a conversation featuring fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, business, and more. My guest today is designer and business owner, Esther Mejia. Our conversation today has been recorded by Zoom. Support for this show comes from the Greater Omaha Chamber of Commerce. We don't coast. We accomplish more together. Details at omahachamber.org. Esther Mejia is the president and CCO of eCreative, a brand strategy and communications firm she founded in 2011. After 10 years as an entrepreneur, Esther remains focused on her passion helping community-driven organizations to connect with their clients. Esther was born into a large, close-knit family to parents who emigrated to Nebraska from Mexico. She has served on several boards to fulfill her commitment to her community and to honor her family's tradition of service. Esther's leadership efforts focused on organizations that serve immigrants, women, girls, and LGBTQI+, as communities she identifies with most, serving where she knows she can represent others like her and ensure that the voices of diverse populations are heard. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I, I didn't read this. This was part of your bio, which is prompting this initial question. You shared that your father was a reverend, and throughout your childhood, you were steeped in um, sort of your parents' example of service and community building. And so this got me very curious about what your upbringing was like. You know, um, we had an incredible upbringing in the sense of um, we experienced things that I think were somewhat unusual. So my parents immigrated. I am the youngest of six. And um, so the way my folks, um, the values that they had, they were really about building community. And so what my father, my father was a reverend um, and what he would do is he was affiliated with a, a larger church organization, but what he would do is he would build um, community around church. And so my dad was all about bringing folks together, building relationship, having all of them come together in the sense of, um, in, in his perspective, through church. But um, what I saw in growing up that way is that, you know, there is a relatability that he had with everyone. And that was something that... Um, I really loved about him and my mother that they were both that way. What they wanted to do is build the Latino community and have them be a part of um, a greater conversation in um, spirituality and so on. So that was one thing that was really super important um, growing up in our family. And we didn't have a whole lot growing up. My mom was a stay at home mom. Um, My dad was the one who worked full time, but he also um, was a reverend as well. So he, um, he definitely, you know, was the person that was um, constantly going and going. And there are a lot of challenges that came with, you know, growing as, you know, my first generation born here. And so we experienced a lot of challenges growing up. But you know, when you're in it, like, you don't really realize it. The only thing that I saw was that 
you know, my folks believed in community. They were always about having faith and that things would be okay. So when I say about challenges is some of the things that my parents experienced either financially or even just in general in life is that my dad would always say to me, Esther, don't worry, you know, have faith that things will come through. And, and I, that always stuck with me. And in fact, it really was what pushed me to have the confidence to start my own business. Because when you let go and just have faith that things will work out, that really helped me in having the confidence to just go out on my own to start my own business. And when you don't carry that weight of the stress of like questioning everything and just having the faith to do that, then that makes, that makes it better. Or that's what the, the experience I had was better. Do you mind me asking what the faith tradition was that your father was involved in? He was affiliated with the Assemblies of God. It's a very um, charismatic church. Um, I would say it's similar to Baptist. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it was, um, you know, it was just very, you know, there, I, I think for me, the experience of growing up in a household that was very, very steeped in a specific religion it also led me to a place where I, I needed to find my own spiritual journey and, and make some own, my own decisions around um, what the divine is for me and spirituality is for me. So um, it was, yeah, it was, a uh, um, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but um, I'm glad that it's led me to where I'm at. You mentioned you were the youngest of six. Um, I'm the youngest of two, so I have a much, <laughs> a much uh, smaller number to be working with here. But but I do know that I was perpetually cared for and loved uh, because I think I was the youngest. Um, yes. And and I wonder if you felt as the youngest of of six, if you had almost a, like a, an excess, a surfeit of family comforts and examples and um, mentors, uh, that sort of thing. I do think I did. I mean, as far as like in my relationship with like my parents, I felt like I was super close with my mom and my dad as well, but I felt like I gravitated towards my mom a lot. And what ended up happening is as I grew a little bit older, just, you know, I I remember I, I used to ask my mom questions about her life and um, before she met my dad. And I used to ask my dad questions about his life before they, he met my mom. And so that to me, like the stories that they had and how they met and um, all of those things were fascinating to me. And so um, that was one thing I really loved about the relationship I had with my parents that I don't think that my siblings did is that I asked them those questions that were, you know, you think of a parental unit and they're always, you know, so I, I wanted to individualize them and think of, ask them questions about, hey, what was it like before you met dad or mom? You know, so the, those were, um, that was one thing I loved about the relationship I had with my parents. And plus, you know, I had older siblings that, you know, yes, I was the youngest. So, I mean, they, they were always there for me. I mean, and granted, you know, you have your sibling, um, you have your different relationships with siblings. And, and I have found throughout my lifetime that my relationships have changed with different siblings um, in my family, but I've learned so much from them. And um, it's always been a joy to experience them in different ways. Can so. I ask you then about your relationship with place as well? You live and work in Omaha, Nebraska now, I, mm-hmm. but I think you were raised 
somewhere else in Nebraska. And then I'm curious about how you compare that relationship with place with perhaps the spirit of what you were learning about your parents individually and their heritage in uh, Mexico. And I'm, I'm wondering if you formed, as you've uh, you know grown into adulthood, you formed a different relationship with uh, the places that they experienced when they were younger. My parents, actually, when they immigrated, first ended in up in Borland, Wyoming. That's where they started their first church. <laughs> so my, my two older siblings were born there, and then they moved to Gibbon, and then they moved to, I think they're in Grand Island for a bit, and then they ended up in Minden, which is where I grew up and was born at in, in Minden. So, you know, we had a unique upbringing in the sense that we didn't have a because my dad was a reverend, we didn't follow some of the same, it, it was kind of, I felt like we were kind of a little bit up on an island because um, there were no other folks that looked like us um, in our community. There was maybe one other family, maybe two. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of, we weren't raised with a lot of the cultural things that you might expect. We kind of had our own microcosm of that, right? So, you know, my parents shared, you know, of our culture um, in our family. And then, um, and then what we learned about, um, we created our own traditions from what my parents taught us about our country and, and some of the foods and traditions that we had. So, um, and then it, of course, because my dad was a reverend, it, it did influence what we learned as far as our culture. So that was kind of our experience growing up in Minden though. So um, the, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of folks that looked like us. So that was a definitely a unique, um, in, in a way it was, it was a unique challenge for us because um, it definitely influenced the experience that we had growing up in, in that small town, for sure. Have you visited Mexico and do you sort of have extended family in disparate parts of the world? Yeah, so um, we have been to Mexico and I have cousins and an aunt's and an uncle that still live in Mexico. So I have met them and I have, um, I have wonderful cousins there. So yes, we have been there and um, I just, I love it so much. You know, it's just, it feels like home when we go to visit. was it that you had that realization? Maybe it was an epiphany. Maybe it was something that you had to work hard at over a period of time. But that sense you had a creative spark. There was something in you that was um, 
more artistically aligned, but also capable of looking at sort of the essence of things, like a, the you know brand essence, that sort of thing. So I'm curious, when when did you become aware of that creative spark within you? I would say the creative spark in me, I, I identified pretty early on. Um, I was I was pretty young when I knew that I would be in the arts in some form or fashion. I just knew it, and I could feel it. And I and I think pro- probably part of it is that you know, growing up you know, when you're drawing and you're, um, you know, some of the projects that I would do at school. I mean, I, I always, even like, I remember memories from being in the first grade and we were doing a time capsule and we had to do a self-portrait of ourselves. Um, you know, I, I remember getting a lot of attention from people saying, oh my gosh, you know, that is so good. And, you know, that always was encouraging along the way. So it's almost like, I, I just felt like it continued to feed me, um, as I was growing up that I just wanted to continue drawing and illustrating and so on. So that was something that I identified early on. I think as I got older, the relationship building and being able to distill and identify kind of the, you know, the essence of something, I think that came along as I was older and as I I matured. So um, that came along a little bit later, but I think, you know, Again, you know, the way I grew up, it helped to influence and have that um, ability to identify that. Sometimes our talents on the attributes we have that we pursue into an adult career, as it were. And sometimes we may have those talents and and the people around us or our community around us doesn't support us in the pursuit. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how it was that you did come to go on that journey to develop that talent and then turn it into what is now a professional vocation? I think along the way, um, I've been encouraged and I've had advocates along the way. So even as early as like eighth grade, I remember um, someone and I was, I, I know that was kind of when you're in like your creative space, I feel like for me, I was kind of in my own world. And I remember a teacher coming up to me and saying, Hey, you know, I want you to take um, this test and I want you to, I mean, it's a really, it's like three or four hours. I want you to take this test. And what it come to find out, it was for an honors program and it was around um, creativity and art. This teacher saw that in me, um, whereas I think someone could have seen me and thought, oh, she's a little different. You know, (laughs) this teacher saw that in me and identified that, that, I needed to be involved in this honors program. And so um, I think along the way, it's like little benchmarks like that. So then later on um, during school, I was invited to, um, I, I worked with an ESU, the ESU, and I had a mentor that would come in bi-weekly and, you know, would in, ask me, hey, what kind of creative project do you want to work on? So it was one-on-one focus. And so for me, I had an interest in photography and illustration at that time. So I was able to like, I feel like along the way I was encouraged and I had um, folks kind of watching out for me. I think for me though, I always wanted to be in, I I felt more aligned with the fine arts. And so it wasn't until um, I went um, to university that someone encouraged me to, hey, you know, maybe you need to go into visual communication. And so there's a huge disconnect that I did um, for me for a while until I had like this very meaningful conversation with one of my professors at school. And I said, you know, I'm having a hard time connecting like 
the fine arts to the visual communication piece. And so we had this great conversation and there was like a, um, I don't know, it just clicked for me after that conversation that, okay, I understand how this piece of me, the fine arts piece can then transition into visual communications. So that was kind of when it all changed for me and it just really started, I, I really gained this defined focus in um, advancing that piece and, you know, and wanting to do that for a living. The other piece was that um, along the way, I realized that, you know, the telling the story and clearly communicating what's behind something, what the rationale is behind something is really super important because it's truly foundational to helping folks connect with one another. There was that moment of inflection for your important sort of transformation in some ways. And we've already touched a little bit on this other moment of inflection for you, which was having the, the faith or the, or, or the courage or the vulnerability to make a leap into entrepreneurship and to mm-hmm. found your own business. And so what was happening for you at that time? What sparked that leap? And, um, and yeah, why? Um, I think for me, I have always, something inside of me has always stirred about like having, having my own business, being an entrepreneur. The other thing that has always stirred in me is, is asking the question, is this all for me? So I remember um, working for a company and I remember looking at the clock and I was like waiting for five o'clock. And I remember asking myself, is this all that life has to offer? I don't think so. I had moments um, throughout my career where I would, I had thought about like going out on my own, but I really started to think about, you know, I'd, I'd reached a certain level in um, corporate America and communications that, okay, I was at that level. But then I started really thinking about like, what is feeding me, you know, as far as my soul and like, what brings value to me? how can I be better engaged with my community and maybe just use my talent too? Cause I think we all have a unique ability and utilizing that unique ability in order to um, make a difference in my own way. So I remember having that point where I was like, this can't be all there is the time that I just had that moment of, okay, I just need to go out on my own. I was fortunate enough to have, a friend that was starting her business at the same time. I I can't even tell you how important that has been because we've kind of been along the same track. If something happens in her business, something happens in my business, it's very similar. So that was very helpful to have someone that encouraged me 
say, you know what, you can totally do this too. When I made the decision, it was scary. It was exciting. At the same time, I wondered what the possibilities were. I it was kind of I was invigorated, um, and I just knew that if I just kind of let go of the fear, that I would leave space for whatever opportunity would come. Is kind of putting it out there in the universe and saying, you know what, I, I'm taking the leap. So, um, and it, it just seems like that's how it happened for me. You know, I felt like things just started happening for me the minute I said out loud that I was going to go out on my own. I would love if you could share just a case study, as it were, about a kind of client that you you like to work with and the kind of project you'd like to work on that perhaps might just illuminate what it is that eCreative does not only really well, but also fuels your soul, as you mentioned, that, that is the reason why you embarked on this entrepreneurial venture. For me, when I... Um some of my the the clients that I enjoy working with the most are clients that align with either my values or um, a community that I'm super connected with. Actually, when I first started my business, I was um, involved quite a bit with a organization that serves girls, and I really valued this organization because of the work that they do with girls to. Um, influence and um, help lead them in a direction that for leadership and um, and just education and experience. And I love that about them because it really encourages young girls to really expand upon, you know, all their possibilities, right? So it gives them the confidence and the courage to, to really um, go for anything that they want. And I love that. You know, I think I was connected to them really because I felt that that was something that was missing in my life back in the day. I really wish there would have been an organization like that where I grew up, you know, so I love this organization for that. The other thing that I love about um, this organization is that my relationship with leadership is one of um, trust and value. I, I feel like even... Um, it's, it's almost like a reciprocal self-encouragement. Essentially, we are here to support one another. And so it's, it's in those relationships that I absolutely love when I can have a client like that, that it's a, something that's mutual respect and trust and caring. That's, it's authentically caring for one another. To me, that's like the perfect combination to really do the best work that we can for someone. 
if that isn't there, then I don't think that um, I'm doing a disservice to work with someone if that isn't there. And so I, I often make sure that, you know, I find that connection um, and that, that value with one, one another so that um, we can have the best experience together to support one another. I love that that loops back a little bit to what you were describing earlier about asking yourself, you know, what, what is behind the work? And it feels to me as if that sense of community, mutual respect, trust, um, and an aligning of values that really matter to you around mm-hmm. your own personal values and community values. That's one aspect. And now I'm thinking about the aesthetic aspect too. And you were describing you know, a fine art interest, and I'm sure you pursue that still, but having that moment where you realize that visual communication was also, um, like design was also an important practice and also one that you could make a career at, how might I as a non-designer sort of see the fine art in, in the work that you do? So um, when you, you were asking or, or mentioned something about like that switch for me, and how that leads into visual communication. So for me, um, I, I really truly feel like as visual communications folks, having that foundation of um, the fine arts and understanding like the balance and um, aesthetic, that truly does translate directly into visual communication, whether that is in the design of something or whether that is in the balance of how you're communicating for an organization, I feel like they're all um, all intertwined. As far as the philosophy that I follow, it's interesting that um, it's unique with the client, right? So it, to me, um, I really feel that that's influenced with by understanding the client, really getting to know them deeply, and then that influences how we design for them as well. Now, granted, you know, we have the technical aspects of branding and communications, but when we have the ability to create something from um, the, the beginning for someone, it really is influenced by the conversations we have with them, understanding who they are from their values and standpoint, what they're trying to accomplish and all of those things. Um, when I'm talking to a client, sometimes I visually start to, something happens in that conversation that triggers something in my mind's eye for them as far as a, um, from a visual communication standpoint. So a lot of um, my design philosophy is based off of, you know, what I'm hearing back from our clients and understanding like kind of the, their intention, their vision, and then how do we distill that and bring that to life in different ways? A, A lot of what I do too is it's very intuitive. That's one thing that I'm really grateful for um, how I grew up is that was something that was honored in our household as far as like my mom, very intuitive. So that has really influenced how I design. Actually, it helps to influence all of the things that I do in my business, honestly. Um, but it, it also impacts how um, we build communications for folks and how we um, create visual communications. If it feels right, then that kind of flows into the work and and what we develop for someone.
what have you learned about yourself? We're a decade in, and so you are no longer a fledgling business. You are a steady, growing, uh, well-known entity in the region. You've moved past this point to some degree of you know uncertain startup. And so I'm curious, what have you learned about yourself as an entrepreneur, as a person on this journey? It's mm, a great question. Um, you know, I've learned a lot. I think um, starting a business when you're kind of on your own, you don't have, you know, if, if you're, you're not someone that comes from means, you know, you're starting this from scratch. I've learned so much along the way. I, I learned that this is one of the hardest things you could ever do. <laughs> and I feel like um, in a day-to-day, you can have like this wonderful um, day and then it can change in two hours. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one thing that um, in the beginning, I think, how I reacted to things. Um, and maybe it was just internal, but like the, um, the pressure that I faced, I'm not saying that I don't have that now, but what I'm saying is that my reaction to it is completely different. So I've grown in those aspects to, um, just kind of take a step back and, and say, you know what, you've dealt with this before you can get through this again. You know, it's, it's kind of having that, um, the wisdom of knowing that, okay, it'll be fine. We just need to work through it. And it's just kind of having that um, understanding. And the other thing is that um, I've learned that because I am from a diverse background and I see, have a different lens, I think that that brings a unique perspective to the work that I do. And it helps me to bring a unique understanding, understanding like of, with some of the organizations that we work with, it helps me to understand um, kind of what the folks that they serve or some of the challenges that um, some of these people have along the way. I think from my background, that does help me to have a relatability to folks um, because um, I've faced some of that stuff in my, in my life. So I think that that is interesting. And I, I, I've been able to put that to good use in my business. Um, I also have, and I've always valued this, um, relationships. I have met some of the most incredible people in, in this area, folks that have been wonderful advocates and um, really have wanted to see me succeed. So those are things that I truly value, but I think it's because of the relationships of being consistent, saying what you say you're going to do, making sure that you have integrity in how you deal with people. That makes a huge difference in relationships. And I think that that pays itself forward when um, those folks then in turn work to advocate for you. And that there's no greater compliment for me is when someone, you know, advocates for me. So I don't know, along the way, I've learned a lot. Um, I've also learned a lot about um, that it's been incredibly helpful to have mentors around me or someone that's going through what you're going through, you know, to have someone that you can, I, I, I love talking to other women business owners, because I think as community in that sense, it's just a unique perspective that comes from all of that. There's something beautiful about existing at intersections. Mm-hmm. The other side of that conversation, though, some of the challenges you've referenced. And, and so what have you had to overcome? What have you had to get past or through to be a successful 
um, and to do the work as well as you do do it. Interesting enough, the challenges that I had growing up and being someone that was different, that, um, you know, obviously came from a different background. Some of what we faced from um, folks that did not um, appreciate someone of a diverse background, I think it kind of gave me a thicker skin. And honestly, it, you know, so then, you know, pair that up with um, kind of like the immigrant story of, you know, we have this drive within us um, that is always kind of this force that drives us. So I, I think growing up with that, growing up with, you know, having a, a really strong and loving family, those are things that all really played a big part in, in being, being able to move forward. You know, I, I, you know, and I could go on and on about like some different experiences I've had, but those experiences have really made me um, just kind of have um, this drive that helped to get me through to where I'm at right now. So, um, so um, I kind of, as far as like my career, I started in uh, corporate um, America and, um, and then I also, um, worked in agency world. And what I realized when I, when I first started in corporate America, I was usually the only brown face in the room. I typically, um, even actually in the company, I was typically, you know, probably one of the only person with diverse background um, in in a company. And then I think um, what I started realizing too, as far as um, from a professional standpoint, I felt kind of pigeonholed. First off, like I felt like I wasn't able to move up the ladder at all. <laughs> so um, I, I did notice that I, I felt like um, I started getting the sense that I needed to create my own opportunities um, in order for me to um, advance and grow. And so that was another reason why I, I knew that I needed to create my own opportunities. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of challenges along the way. You know, there's, it's, really strange and it's never been said, but I think a lot of times in some of the conversations, whether it's in a corporate setting or an agency setting, I've often felt like know your place, even though it hasn't been said. So it's kind of like this. And and I think anyone that's of color has experienced this, but it's just this feeling and it's this like sense of it. it I don't know. It's just kind of an othering that happens. And so um, I have felt that in my life before, and I needed needed to create and make change for myself if I was going to be able to um, live the life that I wanted. So those are things that um, I've experienced along the way. You know, I have memories of when I was a kid that I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I remember asking, you know, like praying and saying, why was I different? You know, why did, why did I look different from everyone else? Why, why wasn't I just like everyone else? And I remember asking that question um, when I prayed and, and what I love about where I'm at today is that I'm so grateful that I am different, you know, because it, it has helped me to kind of forge the path that I'm on. And so it's giving me a lot of strength and um, understanding of how to move forward in, in life.
this at a time when the data is catching up to the reality that Omicron is in full force across America. Mm-hmm. And so you, like many of us, um, especially entrepreneurs and, and small business owners, have been weathering the effects of a pandemic for more than a year and a half now, um, and it's not going away anytime soon. How have you coped with the pandemic and how having adapted to that, how are you seeing 2022? Well, it just seems like it's, we've been all been um, trying to get through this together, right? Um, so I think for me, as I look back as to in the beginning, when all of this kind of broke, and then kind of where we're at right now, I think to me, it's really influenced how I do my business, how I run my business. So um, you know, and and just to give you some background, in the second quarter, um, we lost like thirty five percent of our business, <laughs> and so, you know, it's interesting because I was so heads down and doing work for our clients that you know, it just happened very quickly, and so it really got me to a place where I needed to um, to understand like, okay, where do I need to shift and change? You know, so I changed my business model and how. Um, how we worked with our clients. We switched everything to obviously remote, like most everyone else has. But it really, um, it really has helped me to understand how much relationship is a huge part of this and how, you know, we all need this connectedness to be together and how we work together and how we relate to one another. So I, you know, I've adjusted my business and how um, you know, we conduct business, but it's also making sure to, um, that we have and continue relationships with the folks that we work with to make sure that we're meet, helping them meet their needs, because it isn't all about us. It's about, you know, our clients. Right. So, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, you, you serve this community that really needs, needs you. So where can we kind of fit in and help? That to me is so super important. So it's kind of giving me um, along the way, it's made me really think about that a lot. And then it also, oddly enough, made me, um, it made me want to volunteer more. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I've always been pretty active in the community, but I don't know why it just, it spawned something in me. And maybe it was just because you see 
how some communities suffer more than others. And it's like, oh my gosh, what can I do? You know? And it, I think that was something that I, that really um, was kind of eye-opening in, in how um, the pandemic affected us in our business. You are so talented and the work you do and some of the clients you have may be based in Omaha, but your impact is, is much, much wider. And so I mean this without judgment. I'm really actually just want to ask the question, why do you live and work in Omaha? You know, I used to ask my that question quite a bit <laughs> to myself, but, you know, moving from central Nebraska to Omaha, I actually thought I'd always move out of state. And then I, I moved to Omaha and I felt community. So coming from central Nebraska, like I've mentioned, you know, there wasn't a lot of folks that looked like me. I found a community here that looked like me and that I remember, um, meeting with this, this women's group that they were like, they were all Latinas and they were like, okay, we know you're new to Omaha. What can we do for you? We'll connect you here, here, and here. I mean, oh my God, I have never felt that before in my entire life. So that was one thing. The other thing is that I have met so many incredible people here and it isn't from a superficial standpoint. It is truly authentically like they want to see you succeed. And so I have met so many wonderful advocates here that I don't know, um, and built so many relationships through my business that I just love it here. I think it's just a great space to, if you want to start a business, I think it's a great um, place to do that because it's, you know, it's a city, but, you know, it's kind of like a small town too, in a way. And I love that there is a lot of focus in entrepreneurship here. I don't know. I guess it's a combination of things. I feel like there's um, an incredible mix here in Omaha that I really love and value. So my last question, and perhaps building on that, is pick whatever time frame you like for yourself. But I, I'm asking, what is next for you? Ah, good question. I've been thinking about that a lot too. <laughs> um, you know, I right now I'm um, for me. I'm really evaluating that right now. Um, as far as, you know, what's next for me, I do love what I do. So I, I think I'm just um, right now focused on, um, I'm focused on strategizing on that right now. And kind of what I want to do, like finding the balance between, you know, the personal life versus work life. What what does that look like for me? So I, I'm evaluating that right now. So um, I'm not quite sure at this moment, but um I am just putting it out there into the universe that I'm open to all possibilities. Well, if we can pre-book a, a follow-up interview in five years' time, then we'll look back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'll remember that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My guest today has been designer and business owner, Esther Mejia. Esther, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been just really lovely to chat with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you.
Support for this show comes from the Greater Omaha Chamber of Commerce. We don't coast, we accomplish more together. Details at omahachamber.org. That's the end of this week's show. You can listen again to this show and others by subscribing to the podcast at livesradioshow.com and find us on social media at Lives Radio Show. The music playing you in and playing you out each week was created specially for the show by Andrew Bailey. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives Radio Show and Podcast. Join me next week for fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, and more. Thank you.